The world changed forever in 1955. Yeah. See, that's the year Robert Schuller founded the first drive-in church. As odd as it might sound, at a drive-in movie theater, all 100 parking places were filled for the first Sunday at drive-in church. I find that ironic since drive-in theaters is where people used to do things that made them need to go to church. Now, it was a one-stop shop. Flash forward, you need to keep up, people. I don't have that much time. Flash forward to 1988, Sydney, Australia. It's Easter. Forty volunteers are lined up to help people celebrate the risen Lord by driving through the church, not even stopping like they did at Schuler's. The Anglican church that day, and to this day, is a drive-through church. As you come through, hymns are playing on speakers, and they hand you a CD or a thumb drive with that week's sermon previously recorded for you. Some of you were thinking, that is so cool. And you'd be wrong. I like new things. I like toys and gadgets and stuff. In fact, somebody this morning said, well, maybe you'll go out and get a chainsaw. Why? Don't have a tree. <laughs> but while we like our gadgets, while we like our stuff, there's a cost to all of it. Everything has a cost. Even really, really, really good things have a cost. If I marry Cammy, that's an exceptionally good thing. But it means I won't be marrying anyone else. It means I have a built-in permanent girlfriend now. And the dating life has now narrowed to one individual. That's better than good, but it's also limiting. We understand this now, even good things have a cost. I love being here at 4th Avenue, but I, I miss Scotland, I miss Colorado, but living here means I can't live there. The commute would be killer. So there's a limit that we have to make choices. We have to decide what we're going to do. Here's an example of how choices have a run-on effect. Our phones, kids. When you get home today, thank God you didn't live earlier. Back then you had one phone and it was tied to the wall. There was a curly cord that had tied the handset to the phone itself. And we're not even talking about party lines and stuff like, you know, ringing up Miss Sally or whatever here. Whenever you got a phone call, everybody rushed to get it. I, I, anyway, to see if it was for them it was so exciting. But if it was a boyfriend or girlfriend, you were, first, you were glad, but now the whole family's watching you. And you can't go far. There's a cord. And so you would stretch it around the corner as far as you could and try to shut the door to the hallway while the family hovered on the other side acting like they weren't. So I'm glad we have our own phones, but what happens? We got our phones and we started to scatter. We no longer have that community around the phone that we used to have, understood. And by the way, there's good to that. I'm glad that I don't have to touch a pay phone. I have a doctorate in immunology. I know what's in those things. Not that your iPhones are much better. Let's not talk about that right now. 
We all have our own phones. We all can have our own conversations with everybody. And there are many times where you're in a room, everybody's having conversations, but nobody's having a conversation with somebody in the room. They're all disconnected. And now those phones are also cameras, video recorders, very powerful computers, televisions. Many look at them and the, everywhere they go and they don't see anything. There's a park at the end of our road. Uh, at least there was. I didn't check this morning. <laughs> and as you go by, you'll see dads there taking their kids or moms taking their kids to the park. And the kids are at the park, but mom and dad isn't. Mom and dad aren't. They're looking at their phone. They don't see what's going on. People crash all the time because they don't see what's going on. There's a cost. As much as I love the phones and as much as I love being able to do what we do with them, we cannot forget that the universe is not neutral. There's a cost to our stuff. There's a loss of intimacy. And many of our kids have taken our lead and they don't run and play anymore either. They, instead of playing baseball or the like, are in a room looking at a screen. And that's tragic. When we lived in Detroit, every Monday night from 7 to 10, I, or 8 to 10, I did, uh, op- we just opened up the house. Anybody that wanted a guitar lesson showed up. And it always, you know, we had a lot of fun, did that for years. And the, uh, the ones, however, that grieved me, you'd see this kid come in with a low-slung guitar. That was your first clue. It was all the way down here to the knees. And it would be a brand-new guitar. And I'd say, do you know how to play this? they say, I'm really good. And then you'd find out they don't know anything. They bought this because they were experts at an online guitar game. And they were a pro that couldn't play the guitar, but they could hit dots when they lit up, which made them equivalent to a chicken at the county fair playing tic-tac-toe. <laughs> what happened is we lost because we gained something. You may be wondering where all of this is going. It's going somewhere very specific, but hang with me a little while longer. I love central air conditioning. How long can I live without air conditioning? Well, frankly, the rest of my life. It won't be long. <laughs> it's kind of like how long can a camel go without water? rest of its life. It doesn't... Why do I need to put a number on this for you? But when we got air conditioning, we lost the neighborhood. We don't sit on the porch. We don't have to. So we sit inside. You lost the sound of the screen door slamming and the latch jiggling. You lost some of those neighborhood things. Because we lost the neighborhood, we got frightened for our children. It used to be kids left the house in daylight and didn't come back till it got dark and we didn't know where they were and it was all right. They were in the neighborhood. That went away because we got cool. There are run-on effects. Car interstates... Great, but we, what happened was it homogenized the world. Put yourself in any mall in America, and I, I challenge you to tell me what state you're in, much less what city. It's, we don't have the individualism anymore. 
Used to be, you could stop at a hotel that was made up of wigwams or little, little cabins or the like. And while many of them were, frankly, horrid, uh, they were at least interesting. You know, you could go see the wildlife in and out of your room. And that was... Um, but I, I don't, in, in other words, I'm not trying to bemoan all those lost days. I frankly love a lot of the new stuff, but I'm not an idiot. I know that came with a cost. How is it that your grandparents knew the name of every flower and every tree? It's very simple. They had a long time to look at it. They had to walk. They didn't ride in a car or a school bus. And therefore, they had, you know, there's a tree. We have 15 minutes to think about that tree. And they thought about it, and they knew stuff about trees that you and I will never know, because we go by it at 65. Multiple TVs that are also computers, we move away. Used to be one TV, if you had that. And there were three channels, if you were lucky, and had enough aluminum foil and rabbit ears, right? And one kid wearing the aluminum foil hat standing out in the yard. <laughs> And so everybody knew what everybody was watching. We don't do that anymore, do we? We lost another unifying point. We lost unifying point one after another, and we lost our intimacy. And the Bible has a lot to say about this. The Bible doesn't say that our, our progress is a sin, and I'm glad, because like I said, I like the gadgets. I like the stuff. I remember when the iPhone first came out, and some of, no, I'm sorry, the iPad first came out, and some of my staff in Detroit were so excited because they were born with little apples tattooed on them somewhere. <laughs> and I remember going up to my worship minister, and I said, are you going to get one? He said, are you kidding? I'm, going, I'm getting in line today. And it wasn't going to be for another day. I said, all right, fair enough. I said, what are you going to do with it? And what does it do? And he said, I don't know. It's going to be awesome. And he was right. It was awesome. But again, what happened to us is, is not that we got better with progress. It, don't, don't lose your intimacy. Don't lose the connection. It's one of the reasons we do the tables. Is try to get you to actually interact and look at each other. Even the way we designed our church buildings are, don't look at each other, look at the guy up front. And that bothers me, too, because that's not the way we used to. We used to meet in homes. If you're thinking, all right, we'll start a house church, you've lost the point. Then you'll lose the intimacy with the rest of these people. We just need to, we need to start finding ways to regain our intimacy. Look at what the Bible says. We're going to go to our first slide. To exhort means encourage one another to keep from being hardened with sin. How are you going to do that if you're not with each other? Exhort. Now, the word exhort, by the way, is a positive spinning word. In other words, it doesn't mean walk around with people, around people and say, stop that, that's wrong. You are out of line there. No, no, it's an encouraging word. Oh, I know you can do this. Let me help you find a better way for that. And you can't do that unless you know the person, unless you can encourage the person. You're right there. How about the next one? In Hebrews chapter 10, verse 24, stimulate, and that's provoke in the old language, but stimulate is a positive, one another to love and good deeds. How positive is that? So, you know, I, I, I 
just insist on looking at things through a more positive way. Even though I'm more, I'm a cynic because I'm Scottish. Uh, I, I try to, uh, somebody this morning said, ooh, you know, what's your deductible in your house? And I said, the way I look at it, the mem- my insurance agent's a member at fourth. If he doesn't do magic, he can find another church. And they, they had laughed and I laughed because we all know, no wait, it's, the insurance is so I don't have to replace a house. It doesn't mean that I won't take a loss. I get that. I'm, I'm, I'm fine with that. We find a way to spin it good, to provoke one another to love and good deeds. If your church spends a lot of time attacking other churches and other centers, most of whom aren't there, it's doing it wrong. We need to be provoking each other to love, to doing good. What about this next one? Still in the same chapter. Encouraging one another to keep going forward. Anybody need that kind of encouragement? We all need that kind of encouragement. I wasn't expecting a lot of hands in the air. It is a church of Christ. Um, (laughs) But I can see the mental hands. How about in Romans? Be devoted to one another. I want to ask a question. How can you be devoted to one another if you don't know one another? Be devoted to one another. Give preference to one another in honor. What would happen if you found a community that was not interested in elevating this individual or that individual or that individual, but rather all individuals were elevated in, rather interested in elevating the other, trying to outplease the other, trying to out-encourage the other. What a different world this would be. How about this one? Love one another. And in fact, it says, owe them nothing else but love. Pay them everything they're due, all the respect and honor, but love them. And always owe one another love. Whose turn is it to love? It's my turn to love you, period. And if we look at that that life like this, that requires an intimacy. It requires a getting to know each other. Now, here's one of the problems. You get to know one another, you have to trust each other, don't you? And this is one of the reasons why, and you may have noticed it, I keep telling you about my difficulties and my struggles. Why? Because pedestals are dangerous. And the more you put somebody up on one, the more liable they are to fall off and hurt themselves and you on the way down. Instead, we need to say, no, we're all in this together. And we're going to love one another through it. I have my faults, you have your faults. While yours are far worse than mine, I will... No, no, they're not. We will work this out together. We will not judge one another. In fact, have you noticed how many of these are like cheerleader things? God has called us to be cheerleaders for each other. Absolutely. Do not judge one another. Well, there goes the hobby. I, I was born into legalism, I lived legalism, I preached legalism. It is, this is still my instinct to this very day. I tell people I disapprove of 12 things a day just to keep in practice. But God says, do not judge one another. Why? Because we're not the meter stick. We're not the kilogram. We have to be measured against the standard. We are not the standard. Therefore, we let God sort it out. And he's going to be more merciful than us anyway, so that's a great thing. How about the next one? Receive one another. 
as Christ receives or accepts you. That one keeps me busy. People ask me all the time, how do you love people that don't love you back? Because they've, they've heard about the hate mail or whatever. And the answer is, it did take effort, but I finally found that little thing about be as merciful to them as you want Jesus to be to you. Oh, got it. I want Jesus to be so merciful to me, I'd better be practicing on the others and receive them. Not just be merciful, not just, well, I wish you well over there, but let them in your life. Let them in your life. Let them track mud on the carpets of your heart if you have to. Let them in your, in your life. And then this one, admonish, teach one another. And that admonish is not a negative word. It's not a, you know, straighten up and fly right and all that sort of thing. It is a, hey, let's find a better way to do this. A way that won't cause pain. This is a hard sell to us. Why? Because we've been trained since very early days with John Wayne movies. And if you don't know it, every movie's a John Wayne movie. Every movie's a cowboy movie. The Lone Hero. You never see a movie with a, with a, a police officer who fits right in with the others. <laughs> never. It's always the rebel, the loner. This one doesn't follow the rules. You never see a sports movie that way either. Here's a team we all get along very well. No, there's always the rebel. There's always the one who causes the trouble. We have that lone hero rebel thing going. Even science movies. Yes, they have a few. Don't do that well. One rebel hero finds the cure against all odds. We've been fed this myth. The fact is, we need community. We need each other. You know, a family of four in Tokyo shares an apartment slightly larger than the average kitchen and dining room size of an American home. Now, I'm glad I don't have to share with three other people in that confined a space. Some of you teens are wishing you had that kind of space because you're now going into dorm rooms. I understand. I like having a larger home. I like the fact that when my wife is watching figure skating, I don't have to. She likes that too because I've been known to make comments. But when we go to our different corners, we need to realize that that can cause a real problem if in our hearts we're going to our different corners as well. If we begin to live separate lives, there is a real problem in the loss of being intimately connected to each other and to Jesus. We need that cross shaped to each other and to our Lord in every aspect of our life. Name one problem. What, what is the number one problem for people not coming to worship? You, you would be surprised, perhaps. They've done the studies recently. Sports. Our kids, we got to take them to sports, or we got to go see a sports thing. We chose a different community. Does that send a message to the world, do you think? I think it does. What about the second one? Apathy, schedules, fear, they're all in there. We're afraid of community. Now, sometimes I get afraid of community just because of who I am. I've got to explain that one. Before the deluge and the guy with the boat and all the animals came through last night, I went out to treat my lawn because I have a nice lawn. Yay! It means you have to work on it. Boo. See? Nature is not neutral. 
So I went out to get, and, and, and I'm not going to go get one of those things where you have to do math, because I do math elsewhere in my life. I don't need to do it now. So they, there's this new snap system. You can just put it in this thing, and you just, you don't even think. You just walk back and forth, and that, that's just, the problem is, the guy that advertises it is Scottish. <laughs> went into the store, couldn't find it. People kept coming up to me, can I help you find something? And I keep thinking, if you open your mouth, they're going to think you're mocking them. <laughs> right, you know that stuff where he says, feed it, you know that. Uh... <laughs> so I just kept going to stores until I could find one that had it, because I didn't want that kind of community. I, I, my kids, when they were younger, said, can we get Lucky Charms? I said, I cannot be seen carrying. <laughs> I, did you just explain that to him? All right, good, good. I like being alone, but the problem is being alone makes you vulnerable. Peter says the, the devil's out to get you like a, a roaring lion, and he comes after the strays, the stragglers. We need each other. Make some decisions. Don't ditch your phones unless you have to. Don't ditch this out or the other unless you have to. But be aware it's not a neutral decision. We need each other, and we need to put community at the top of our to-do list. Intimacy with God and each other there. Get help in reconnecting. Number one complaint of people, new members of the church is, I can't find my place. Make some noise and tell us. We'll find you a place. Because we don't want to lose you. We want you here. And if you're thinking, you don't even know who I am, doesn't matter. We want you here. Get to know a shepherd or three. Spend time with them. Eat with each other. Talk to each other. You will find very often that we're looking for you because we're looking for a connection that day too. Be the connection other people are looking for. Be the point of contact with God in grace and mercy that other people are looking for. Join in the community of grace love that we have lost without even realizing it.